Isaiah chapter 6. In the King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, angels of fire. Each one had six wings. With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. Then I said, Lord, how long? And he answered, Until the cities are laid waste and without inhabitant, the houses are without a man, the land is utterly desolate, the Lord has removed men far away, and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. But yet a tenth will be in it and will return and be for consuming as a terebinth tree or as an oak, whose stump remains when it is cut down. So the holy seed shall be its stump. It tracks with what we're going to be looking at in the Gospel of Mark. (laughs) So... We'll get to the understanding of give 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 him time, okay? <laughs> All right, let's begin with prayer. How's that? Our Lord, we do ask, <laughs> but that gets you to the outcome you're seeking, and that He's seeking for us. The Gospel of Mark, chapter nine. Stepping down into the narrative with chapter 9, verse 14. And when he, Jesus, came to the disciples, 
he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing with them. Immediately when they saw him, all the people were greatly amazed and running to him, greeted him. And he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowd answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who, is a, who has a mute spirit. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him. And when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. So he asked his father, How long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood, and often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee. And he did not want anyone to know it, for he taught his disciples and said to them, The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. Now, ladies and gentlemen, as we read this passage and as we read the narrative in Mark's gospel before this and after this, it's very easy for us to stand back and say, what sad fellows these apostles are. <laughs> very, very, very slow students. Very slow students. Now, let me ask you an honest question, having examined yourself, are you a slow student? Am I a slow student? Let me see your hands. 
I am an ultra slow student. I have to hear things. I have to see things. I have to have them modeled. I have to have them spoken over and over and over again before I even begin to start doing the right thing and getting it right. (coughs) So at the same time, we can step back and look at these apostles and the people that surround them and the whole culture there. Oh, my, my, no, that's us. So in a kind of an upside-down, backward way, we can actually take encouragement (laughs) from the fact that Jesus was still steadfast with them. Amen. So we're praying for that. But what do we see here as Jesus is discipling these apostles? By the way, there was a whole lot more than he also is going to be sending out the 70 two by two. The 70? Who are those guys? When we get to the book of Acts, there's going to be like 90 or so that were with him from the beginning that we never even knew were there based on the gospel accounts. There was a, Jesus' ministry was absolutely massive. Went way beyond Galilee. They were bring, he had healed thousands and thousands of people, cast out demons, cleansed lepers, done all of these things, raised the dead. Massive numbers coming to him. The previous passage we focused on last week was the Mount of Transfiguration, where if you read these these central passage, these central chapters of John's Gospel, Jesus tells them, here is Peter's profession in chapter 8. Who do men say that I am? Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're this prophet. Some say, you know, you're, you're Elijah. Well, who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. In Mark's Gospel, in Matthew's Gospel, the Son of God. Okay, I'm glad you understand that. I'm glad you've come to that conclusion. Don't tell anybody else yet. Don't spread that word. Oh, by the way, I'm going to, when we go to get to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested. I'm going to be tried. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise from the dead on the third day. They don't want to hear that. Peter takes them aside. Well, I say he takes them aside. Peter pulls them over, starts rebuking him. That's not what we signed up for. That's not the plan. Get behind me, Satan. Peter, get behind me, Satan. You do not savor the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Biggest punch to the face that you find in the whole Bible. Then he tells the apostles, and oh, by the way, you fellows need to pick up your crosses and follow me. They don't want to hear that. They don't want to hear that. They've already been following for for at least two and a half years. They've already sacrificed a lot. They have been mightily used of God themselves. But at the same time, they're looking for kingdom glory. They're not looking for crucifixion, either his or theirs. 
But that's what he tells them. Then he takes Peter, James, and John up on the Mount of Transfiguration so they can see the end of the road of the cross journey. The end of the road of the cross journey is kingdom glory. Then he comes down to where we are now in the text. He comes down to where the other apostles are. There are thousands of people there. People assembled around Jesus by the thousands. When he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude around them and scribes disputing them with, Why are the, what are this, what's this disputation going? Well, the man had brought his son to the apostles who had cleansed demons out of people. They cast demons out. They'd done that successfully, but they can't do it successfully this time. And so the scribes are, oh, you guys aren't so good at this after all, are you? Hardy har har. And that's when Jesus comes and he said, what's going on? What are you discussing with them? He asked the scribes. Then one of the crowd jumps in and says, Teacher, I brought you my son. I brought you my son. I got here and you weren't here, but your apostles were. I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. He cannot talk. And wherever it seizes him, it throws him down. He foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, becomes rigid, but I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. He answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Repeatedly in Mark's gospel, where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Where's your faith? Every single human being, whether redeemed or unredeemed. Think about this, folks. Every single human being walks by faith. The issue, issue isn't do you walk by faith, it is what do you place your faith in. The people of the world place their faith in the promises of the world, the flesh, and the devil. It never, ever, ever pans out. <laughs> Satan is a liar, but they believe the lies, orient their pursuits according to the false, the lies of the enemy. They all walk by faith, but it utterly fails. Then God the Son calls us by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. He enables us. He gives us understanding of who Jesus is and what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sin fully. All I have to do is have enough faith to hold out an empty hand to receive the benefit. But I'm not going to do that if I don't believe that's true. I believe it's true, therefore I follow up with that. By the way, believe, faith, trust are all the same word in the Greek text. I trust God's promise, His declaration, by the enabling power of the Holy Spirit. I reach out with my empty hand and He grants to me life, forgiveness. He grants that to me. 
but that's just step one in my kingdom faith walk. The format of our walk with God is the same format that brought us into the kingdom. It's believing his promise. And so day after day after day, hour after hour after hour, minute after minute after minute, we are to walk with trust, walking according to the format God has presented to us, his sec- declarations of who he is and what his ways are, and here are his promises. We get to claim those promises and believe those promises and stiff arm the sales pitch from the world. We get to walk by faith. And, and so Jesus comes back and here is this boy with all the, the apostles were unable to cast out the demon. As I read the passage already, we find out why. Jesus says, well, this is a special kind of demon that requires prayer and fasting. He's got an especially strong hold. There are, there are levels of demon power in Satan's kingdom. This is a particularly strong demon, fallen angel, that requires prayer and fasting. And so Jesus succeeds where they failed. They didn't really fail. They just didn't have, they failed because they didn't have the full format of how they could deal with every demon. But notice what Jesus has said, verse 19, he answered him and said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. God grieves over our lack of faith. If you have had children or you've had friends that fail in a task before them or fail in their faith. Earlier we prayed, as our brother here said, please pray for my cousin. He is an authentically, I have a sister. Please pray for her. They're not walking according to the faith format they know to be true. They're not doing what they know they should do. They're not trusting the one whom they should trust. Ladies and gentlemen, that is always the issue. It's always the issue. And so Jesus says, O faithless generation. He is not just saying this as a rebuke. He's saying this out of his grief. He is grieved at their incapacity or refusal to fully embrace God's ways and God's promises. O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. Then they brought him to him, and when he, when he saw him, the boy saw him, the spirit dwelling within the boy saw him, the spirit convulsed him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming at the mouth. This demon knows it's over. So he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything. 
if you can do anything. But let me stop. Frustration, frustration, frustration. But let me ask you a question. How many times if we said that to God? Lord, if you can do anything. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the real us. If you can do anything. Have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, if you can have faith, all things are possible to him who believes. All of heaven's resources are available to the person who, with the Holy Spirit's enabling power, exercises the faith to lay hold of those resources. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the basic format of our walk. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, and I think we ought to all have an inscription made and put this as a plaque on our wall. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Whew. How many times a day do we say that? Can we say that? Ought we to say that? Lord, I believe. Fortify my faith. Help my unbelief. Fill me with faith. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit. He's not only a spirit that has made him mute, he's also a spirit that has made this boy deaf. Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. Don't you come back. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, and came out of him. And he became as one dead, so that many said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he had come into the house, all this is done. Now he's come into the house. I'm not sure which house this is. Possibly Peter's house in Capernaum. That's usually the house in Mark. This may be an exception. When he had come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? So he said to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. There's a, an additional lesson you guys need to know about dealing with demons. Some of them have more power to hang on than others. And there must be prayer an episode of prayer and fasting before you confront them. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee and he did not want anyone to know it. He wants to spend time privately with the apostles. Everywhere they've gone, people are assembling around them. They're, they have gone off more than once trying to find a place of privacy where he can simply address the apostles, these disciples, and people come by the thousands, the feeding of the 4,000, the feeding of the 5,000. Those were 
Well, especially the feeding of the 4,000, that's where they were trying to go off by themselves, and the people heard about it, and they can't. They're overwhelmed because the people are pursuing Jesus so hard. But he wants to be alone so he can spend special discipleship time with the apostles. Then they departed from there and passed through Galilee, and they did not want anyone to know it, for he taught his disciples and said to them, repeating what he's already said, the Son of Man is being betrayed. The Messiah, that Son of Man is their favorite term for Messiah from Daniel chapter 7. The Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. He said, he said it earlier in chapter 8. Is the first time he told it to them, right after Peter's profession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He says it to them again. This is a message they don't want to hear. And after he is killed, he will rise the third day. But they did not understand this saying and were afraid to ask him. What does it mean they don't understand? Wait a minute. We became followers of yours with the expectation John the Baptist was modeling Israel under judgment, repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus' initial public message to the people of Israel was repent the kingdom of heaven is at hand. But John modeled Israel in judgment. Jesus has modeled kingdom glory. They've seen kingdom glory, and all of a sudden Jesus has said, oh, on the way to kingdom glory, there's going to be the cross episode. Not just for me, but also for you. <sighs> okay, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear... They're like us, but don't be like them. <laughs> Accept what Jesus says, knowing what is your God like. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the format for victory in walking in this hostile environment with Jesus. What is your God like? He is a God of mercy, grace, love, kindness. Even when he calls me to pain and to suffering, there is the promise on the other side of outrageous kingdom glory. That's what the Mount of Transfiguration was all about. It was to supply incentive to those three apostles who would later pass word to the others. We saw the kingdom glory. We saw it displayed before us. Ladies and gentlemen, that's incentive for you and for me. The kingdom glory is a coming eternal reality. And the day is coming when we, when we will be there and we will look back on this life and whatever suffering and torment we went through in this life and say, I'm glad that's over. But to get where I am now, was it worth that trek? Yes, it was. Because the glory I'm experiencing now is way beyond the pain I experienced then. That's the promise of God. The coming kingdom glory is the ultimate incentive to you and to me. There is a payday someday that will be eternal and outrageous 
in his wealth and glory. Let's pray together. Our Lord, we need to know that. The preacher needs to know that. The hearers need to know that. And we need to not close our books and walk away. No, keep that in our minds and hearts. I believe. Help my unbelief. Plus, that kingdom is coming. The kingdom is coming. Your kingdom come, we pray. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That day is coming, and when it comes, it will have come forever. And Lord, we ask that you would enable us to walk in that truth, that reality, now. In every moment from now on. And for all the people whom we already prayed for a few minutes ago, we ask again that you will step in and in all of who you are into their life experience, into our life experience, and be who your word declares you to be in their life experience, both us and for those around the world for whom we prayed. We ask this in your name, Good Shepherd. Amen. <laughs> All right, well, I'd invite you to stand.